0: Hello, this is Rabbi Rob Dobberson, and welcome to this edition of Wrestling and Dreaming. And in this edition of the podcast, I want to discuss a question which is currently being debated within the conservative movement on the part of the rabbis of the movement. It actually is a discussion which has been present for many years, but now is actively being discussed in a more open way, and that is the question of whether conservative rabbis should be permitted to officiate at interfaith wedding ceremonies. Let me be clear from the beginning. The Rabbinical Assembly, the Organization of Conservative Rabbis, prohibits conservative rabbis, those members of the Rabbinical Assembly, from officiating at such ceremonies. That's the way it's always been, and it continues to be at this time. And I will continue to comply by that policy because I believe that This is the policy of the movement, and I want to abide by it. But as have many of my colleagues, I've begun to question whether this is the proper policy, whether this is the right approach to this issue. And I'd like to share in this podcast why I feel that it's appropriate to change that policy and to allow those who wish, those conservative rabbis who wish to do so, to agree when asked to officiate at an interfaith ceremony. Let's talk about interfaith marriage from the perspective of the Jewish community first, before I get to that specific point. I wanna start from the perspective legit. it is legitimate to say that marriage within the faith, marriage between two Jews, and of course that includes somebody who has converted to Judaism, that goes without saying, that marriage between two Jews is advantageous for the future, for the present, and for the future of the Jewish community. We would say that marriage between two people who have the same perspective on issues of faith and of religious practice would give a stability to the home. In addition, if both parents in a family with children, if both parents are Jewish, there would seem to be a better possibility that the children would, in fact, embrace Jewish tradition and continue with that tradition within their families as they grow. So I want to start from that perspective. And I would argue that there are two ways that we can advocate for marriage within the faith. The first way is we can structure programs and involve our young people of marriageable age and before that in programs in which they can mingle with, meet, and develop relationships with other Jews. Whether we're talking about summer camps whether we're talking about Hillel groups on campus, which so many are doing so many things, so many areas of outreach to bring young people in, bring the college students into the Jewish environment for the purposes of study, for the purposes of learning, for the purposes of feeling community, and certainly for the purpose of developing relationships with each other on whatever level those relationships are. And certainly when children grow, They have more opportunities then to meet other Jewish young people. And when they leave college, for example, let's say they start their careers, many communities have Jewish young professional groups to bring young professional Jews together. And that's another opportunity for people to meet with each other. And certainly we also have some wonderful online facilities such as JDate which again, enable people to meet each other. So the first thing that we can do is to structure those opportunities for people to develop those relationships. The other thing that we can do is we can lecture people. We can make it very clear, rabbis from the Bema, parents from their children, when they're parents of children from the time that they're very young, about how important it is that they marry somebody who's Jewish. There's a problem with that approach, though. And that is that we need to be aware of the fact that at the same time as we're saying that, we're encouraging our young people to be part of the community at large. We're telling them to be part of a bigger community, not just the Jewish community. We want them to live in a community, in a world that's diverse. And when that happens, they are going to inevitably Develop relationships with people who aren't Jewish on whatever level those relationships take place. In addition, while we may say that this is the way to ensure that your home will be a Jewish home, our children are seeing many interfaith families which have strong commitments to Jewish tradition, where children are being raised by a Jewish parent and a parent who is not Jewish but who supports the raising of the children as Jews. They see that certain, that marriages between a person who's Jewish and a person who's not Jewish, or let's say a person of any different faith, that those marriages can in fact be strong. So to issue a kind of a, an ultimatum that says this is the way that you will ensure that you will have a Jewish home and you're ensuring the future of the Jewish people is not necessarily as clear to our children as we might think it is. In addition, there's another reason why we can't be too strident in our pushing our children regarding this idea of marriage within the faith. And that is because, inevitably, even those young people who are committed to Judaism and Jewish tradition, some of them are going to meet and fall in love with somebody who's not Jewish. And they will come to their parents or their grandparents, and say, here is the person whom I've decided to marry. And how would I, as a rabbi, tell the parents or the grandparents to relate to that individual and to that relationship? I would tell them to embrace both the individual and the relationship. Because as long as our children and grandchildren find somebody that they love who treats them well, who respects them and whom they respect and whom they treat treat well, and a relationship that's built upon a solid foundation of love and mutual respect, there is no advantage whatsoever in trying to undermine that relationship. And so we welcome them. We bring that individual and their extended family into our homes. We make sure that they know that they should be there at the Pesach Seder as well, that we'll light Hanukkah candles together, whatever it might be. And the synagogue that's involved in this family, somebody in the synagogue will be responsible for issuing a mazel tov in the bulletin or in the online bulletin to the family, as in fact many congregations do now. They don't say, we don't want to know, we don't want to recognize an interfaith marriage. We want to say, this is a young person who's grown up in our congregation, that person deserves a mazel tov. And they do it because, and the parents do it because they don't want to abandon their child, and they shouldn't. And in most cases, I would say in practically every case I've ever seen, deciding to marry somebody outside of the Jewish faith it's not a statement of rebellion against the Jewish community. It's not a statement that says, I don't care, therefore I'm purposely going to marry somebody who's not Jewish. In most cases, it's just that this is the person they found that they fell in love with. And if they turn to the Jewish community or to the rabbi to in some way endorse this relationship, what they're saying is, you are an important person. The institution is important to me. Do you respect me for the choice that I've made? And so both on an individual family basis and on a communal basis, I would say that we have to find ways to definitely embrace, to confirm the choice that our children, our grandchildren, our congregants have made. And even if there's some disappointment that the person they're marrying is not Jewish, we don't show that. And we're sincere and welcoming to the person, and as we get to know them, as we get to know the relationship, we realize what a beautiful thing it is that this young person has found the person that they love and are building their lives together. And if we believe that Jewish tradition can help to make a marriage stronger, to make our home more sacred, then this is our opportunity to show that couple what Jewish tradition can mean. And that brings me to why I believe a rabbi should be permitted to officiate at the ceremony. Because if everybody is doing everything they can to respect this young person who's made this choice, to embrace the partner into the commun- into the family and into the community, why should it be the rabbi who is who puts up the brick wall, so to speak, who puts up the 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 um, who, who, who's the impediment towards really feeling a part of the community? If an individual, if a couple turns to a rabbi to perform the ceremony, let's say it's somebody who's grown up in a conservative synagogue and comes to the rabbi and says, I would be honored if you, we would be honored if you would officiate at our ceremony. For the rabbi to say no undermines every other thing that has been said about welcoming, and in fact, the rabbi is the person who is best suited to express what Jewish tradition can mean within a home. When I officiate at a wedding, when I agree to officiate at a wedding, it's not just walking in that day or the day before at a rehearsal and standing up there and signing a a, a document I have met with the couple on many, many occasions, more eight, nine times, whatever it might be. And during those meetings, we have discussed not just what's going to happen during the ceremony, but we've discussed Jewish values and Jewish ethics, the ethics of marriage, the ethics of the sexual relationship within marriage, the issues of loyalty, the issues of exclusivity, the issues of compassion, of communication, the issues of making our lives more sacred by what we do in our everyday life and by what we do within our home, and the importance of having that passed down to children should there be children in the marriage. And I will tell you that those meetings that I have are among the most sacred opportunities that a rabbi has to influence the life of young, of, of, of people, and in this case people who are, let's say, in their 20s, early 30s, whatever it might be, as they prepare for marriage. It's wonderful for rabbis to meet with bar and bat mitzvah students. We get a lot out of meeting with middle school students. But when the students, when, when the young people are older, and perhaps they've begun their career and they've, they've, they've done all of the things that people do at that particular age, it's an opportunity to reach them as adults in a very clear and critical way. That's the important thing as far as I'm concerned. Standing under the chuppah, so to speak, or at the wedding ceremony with a couple is important. But it's what's before that. What's the foundation? What led to that point? What they've learned, and in many cases taught me, during those sessions, that really is important and that really makes a difference. And it really reminds them of the importance of Jewish tradition. So I think it's a shame that people miss out on this if the rabbi, when the rabbi says, no, I can't officiate at the ceremony because yeah, maybe I'll meet with them once and I wish them a mazel tov and talk to them a little bit about a Jewish home, but they're not gonna have the time or the interest to sit with me for eight, nine sessions and talk about these issues if I'm not going to officiate at the ceremony. Now, maybe they'll be fortunate enough to find a rabbi who would do it, but if, again, and that rabbi may do a fine job, a person who's not a conservative rabbi might do a wonderful job, I would assume, at doing something similar, but it won't have the same meaning if it's not the rabbi that they grew up with. Or, God forbid, they may decide that we're not going to have a rabbi at all what we're going to do is we're going to have one of our cousins or our best friends uh send away for a certificate online that says that for this day they are now a clergyman a minister of the, the community of whatever it's called you've seen those things the mail order a uh, certificate you get that enable you to claim to be an official uh, able to be an officiated wedding that's a travesty as i as far as i'm concerned and it's a completely missed opportunity to have something meaningful and something spiritual accompany the ceremony. So I want to be there. I want to be there to underline and to accentuate that which their families and their communities are doing, which is welcoming them and giving them the opportunity to know that we care about them, we respect them, Not obviously, not just the Jewish partner, but the, the partner who is not Jewish as well, that we respect them as a couple and we will respect them as a family. Now, many people will say, but the conservative movement is a halachic, a Jewish legal movement. How are you going to do this? The answer, as far as I'm concerned, is simple. You don't do a halachic ceremony. You don't call it kiddushin, which is the the word in Jewish law for the sanctification of marriage between two individuals. You don't call it kiddushin. You don't say, you don't have the couple say when they exchange rings, Hare at me behold, you are consecrated unto me. You use something like, and we've seen this at weddings in certain cases, Anila do diva do dili, I am my beloved's and my beloved is mine. Or other verses from the Psalms or from the prophets which express the love relation, loving relationship between two individuals. So we don't have a traditional ketubah. We have some kind of a, of, of a ketubah which just speaks about the importance of having a home based upon Jewish values and based upon the values of ethics and kindness and compassion. And so we don't do all of the traditional shevar brachot, all of the, the, the seven wedding blessings, but certainly we can wish them happiness. Certainly we can wish them comfort and peace with each other. And we can build a beautiful ceremony around this idea. Now, the next question, of course, is, well, where does conversion fit into this? And the answer to that is, it doesn't have to fit into it. I'm not saying that we do all this so that the person who is not Jewish will say, you know, this is a beautiful tradition. I want to be part of it. That's not the ultimate goal. But if it happens, that's even better. That's good if it happens, but that's not the goal. The goal is to respect this couple where they are and to welcome them into a world as a Jewish home if that's what they, in fact, choose for themselves, even if one of the partners is not Jewish. So my answer is if somebody comes to the rabbi and says, will you officiate at the ceremony? I would have some understanding, some uh, some considerations, as I do with every couple that comes, saying, I will do it under these circumstances, whatever those are, but I want to be able to respond with a yes, rather than with a no, because the rest of the world is trying their best to bring this couple into the community. The bottom line is, why should the rabbi be the bad guy? I don't think we can be anymore. I think our world, our, 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 the world in which we live demands that we respect these relationships and we do everything we can to help them develop in a way that is consistent with the ethics and the values of our tradition. Until next time, thank you.